Hey, this is Chris Wilberding, co-author of The Positivity Tribe, right here on The Sassholes with Jansen, Carney, and Ferreira. Welcome to Sassel's the podcast, the podcast with me, Jamie Carney. Pete, say hey. Hey, how you doing? And Jason. Jason, say hi. Hi, everybody. Talk about everything and anything we know from the software as a service, hence SaaS industry, and our years of experience. We cover marketing, finance, sales ops, bank finance, uh, to sales, uh, anything you can think of. Uh, we cover it. If you have any topics you want us to cover, please reach out to us at sassholes.net or, or comment on us on LinkedIn and find us there. Before we get started, today we have a very special guest and a very special topic. Being yes. 2021, we thought New Year's resolutions probably already kicked off and probably already failed. It's a good time to maybe start another New Year's resolution with switching your behavior to becoming more positive. So we asked Chris Wilberding, a friend of mine, who just recently co-authored a book called The Positivity Tribe, to join us to talk about how we can flip the script from 2020. So Chris, I know you're on right now. You can say hi to your uh, folks before we get into your sec- uh, the segment. I'm glad to be here. Hello. And I can't wait to see what we uncover in the next few minutes. All right, great. Before we get into that segment, unfortunately, you have to uh, like us right now, subscribe before you hear this joke. Pete, why don't you give us the joke of the day? You so, so undersell this segment. Yeah. Hey, hey, Carney. Yeah. That's what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you see on CNN about that cheese factory that exploded in France? I did not. Debris is everywhere. Oh. <laughs> I apologize. Okay. <laughs> can, can, we, can we talk about that joke for a second? Please do. Was, no, no, no. Okay. We just get through it. It's you just painfully get through Pete's jokes. Nothing painful about it. All right. So uh, you'll be fine. Before we get into the shout-outs, which we'll try to be quick on the shout-outs, we got to give a commercial. Uh pay for our sponsors, Neuro Noodle, Neuro Noodle, get a doodle of your noodle today. You're suffering from ADHD. Um any type of mental health issues, uh, as well as concussion protocol, stuttering, uh, forgetting where you're at, um, you know, things of that nature, which seem to be prominent in today's world. Uh, and this podcast. Reach out to neuronoodle.com and actually tell them the Sasshole sent you and you get 50% off your first doodle of your noodle, where they do a brain map of your uh, brain and tell you where you're maybe overactive and underactive depending on uh comparing themselves to i believe half a million brains reach out to neuro noodle today get uh the 50 percent off at neuronoodle.com all right now on to the shout outs pete who do you have as a shout out i got one uno congratulate oh and this is something recruiter recruiter sarah duffy nine years at groupon she's been busy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nine years at Groupon? I didn't even think Groupon was alive. Oh, it's been around. You, that, <laughs> it's been that's, around. That's churn, churn and burn, baby. <laughs> we'll, we'll I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Megan Durst. She just uh, got promoted at um, uh, Flexterra. She moved to a senior manager of marketing channels and operations. So giving her a shout out uh, on the podcast. You Jason, go, Chris, you guys want to give any shout outs? 
I have no shout out today. You're shut out. Shut out and shout outs. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to my new Wi-Fi system that's coming today. So I'll give that one. All right, so on to the news segment. So, Pete, what do you got for news? Oh, man, you brought this one up to me. Hey, Carney, you don't feel safe doing this podcast because of COVID? Guess what? You can dance your way out of it? You you can go on unemployment. Oh, the unemployment, yes. You can go on unemployment. Right now, Biden has done an executive order where he – uh, said, if you don't feel safe, you can file for unemployment. So uh, my four kids and my wife are all filing for unemployment to get $600 a month. I need an addition on my house. I'm talking to my, my peeps in the food and beverage industry, and oh, they are tickled pink. You know, you know what that, makes them even it, happier? Hold on, Carney. You know what's making them even happier? $15 minimum wage. Yeah, because it's $600 a week, so 40 hours he basically is $15 minimum wage is uh, is what you're getting if you just say you don't feel safe and do a COVID uh, unemployment thing. So even though I know what the intention is, we also know good intentions also have can be abused. And this for sure, in my opinion, will be abused. Maybe by me. Who knows? <laughs> kidding. Anything else you got as uh, news? Uh, GameStop and AMC. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Robin Hood, shut them out. You can't even buy it anymore. Oh, there's some pissed off teenagers out there. Oh, yeah. That's... They're going to have to be shoveling snow. That is crazy. Did you I hear mean, about that? that? Robin Hood said you can't buy them anymore. Yeah, they shut them all down. I don't, yeah. I don't agree with that at all. I think they should be allowed to just thrive. Yeah. Uh, hey, did, did uh, more people on unemployment, Carney? Go figure. Yeah, I told you it was going to get worse. Right? All right. I didn't even look. It just went up. It just went up I just today? know it went up, yeah. Yeah. Jason, you have a, you have a, uh, a news of the day, Adam? Uh, the only one I can think of, I think it's worth talking about, although I'm, I'm feeling bad because this is the second person who I've talked about who's, who's passed you know, on the Sassholes con- uh, podcast, but Cloris Leachman, which oh. reminds me, when you talk about NeuroNoodle, you know, first of all, talk about wanting a doodle of your brain could have yeah. helped in Young Frankenstein because they got Abby normal and um, <laughs> Chlor- Chloris Leachman with the with the with the when you know you want a brandy you want some warm milk. I mean, the classic classic comedy. Your audience definitely needs to dig back into yes. Young Frankenstein. So, so basically, what you're saying is moment of silence. Moment of Thank silence. you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On to better news, um, I've got some news. I have actually challenged uh, CPS to uh, the Chicago Public Schools. Um, if you haven't noticed, the CTU did a choreographed dance um, to a protest going back to school um, by their dance teachers. If you haven't seen that video, please do. I've actually told CPS that I will rectify the situation by... Uh, challenging their dance teachers to a dance-off every day. And if I beat them in a dance competition, they have to go back to school. If not, you know, they can stay at home. And I like my chances after seeing that choreographed dance. It is atrocious. I've seen you dance, Jamie. I'm not not sure the teachers will be going back to work. (laughs) I don't know. Have you seen that video? If you haven't seen that video, please Google it. 
Uh, what, it, is, what it, it is hysterical. What is your dance of choice, Carney? What you is, mean the lawn sprinkler? Yeah, I, I think, hey, guess what? Win right there. It is, it is beyond, beyond funny. I didn't think it was real when I first saw it. That's how bad it was. Okay, any other news we got for today? That's it, news, news out. All right, so now on to our segment. We got Chris Wilberding here who has graced us uh, with his presence. Chris, um, before I give you uh, the stage to give a, to fill in where I left off, Chris and I have known each other for about 20 years. He recently, um, I think about a year ago, released his first book that he co-authored called The Positivity Tribe. Um, before that, for a couple of years, you were just walking around, uh, handing out positivity notes to just random strangers. You weren't given a hug, but you were given a virtual uh, note hug. And I know I took part in it a little bit at uh, Flexera. You guys sent me some pamphlets and I, I put them on uh, windows and, uh, and windshields and stuff like that. It's all about expressing positivity. All right. So before we get started, one of the things we want to talk about today was with Chris Wilberding is how do we flip the script from 2020 where it was a bad year and, and, and it was very hard and very difficult to stay positive to 2021. The things that people should be doing today to make sure they start off the year right. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I was born in Fort Recovery. No, I'm not going to go back to when I was born. Uh, uh, let me just give you <laughs> a little bit about what, we tr- what we're trying to do uh, when we flip our script from 2020 to 2021. And I'm going to tell you all right now and all of your sasshole listeners, 2020 was an amazing year for me. I, I co-authored a book. I didn't have to travel for work, which was 50% of my time. I became closer to my family. I lost 25 pounds. It was not the typical year, but you can always find, <clears throat> excuse me, you can always find a silver lining in yeah. what transpires. So Jamie, I would say that, yeah, it's a bad year in a lot of perspectives, but if you took a look at what you accomplished, and what you've done over that time, you'd be surprised how much you can be grateful for versus, oh no, 2020 COVID-19. It's, it's a mindset shift. And for me, I just look back on it grateful that I was able to accomplish the things that I did. So that's how I'll kick this off as we begin a conversation. So Chris, when did you, you know, we've known each other for 20 years. When did you start flipping the script for you and started becoming more positive? I know this wasn't 2020, this was more like, and, and you were always a positive guy, right? but maybe around 2017, 2016 is when you started really just outwardly saying, Hey, it's time to, you know, showcase my positivity. Jamie, it wasn't about showcasing my positivity. It was finding positivity in a world where we are bombarded with negativity, keeping up with the Joneses, whoever you want to talk about, right? leaving everybody wanting more and not looking at the goodness and the grateful things they have in their life. So for me, uh, went through, my wife went through a very serious health issue mm-hmm. uh, about seven or eight years ago and I came out of it. She's healthy now and wonderful. Uh, but I struggled coming out of that time. Just, it was, it was a time where I needed to be more positive in my own mind. And what I did is I literally just started reading as much about positivity as I could. I think I posted one thing on MySpace, whatever it was back in 2014 or 15, right? And I put it out there on Facebook. Somebody liked it and I said, hey, I needed that positive message today. And it just started rolling and snowballing. And I made a shift and I have tried to do everything I can to keep negative input out of my brain, right? So I don't watch the 530 news. 
I only choose positive things on social media. I read a ton about the positive uh, growth mindset or abundance mindset uh, space that I want to live in. And what I've been able to do is build a small following through social media that has given me a, a platform, so to speak, that has worked out to a point where we co I co-authored a book with a friend of mine. So you don't follow any news, right? Because the news is so negative all the time. That's what it says. Well, I, so. I, I find, I mean, do I follow news? Yeah, I know what's going on in the world, right? But I, I read the news versus watching the first 15 minutes of Lester Holt talk about the horrific things that are going on in our world. I can't watch the flash and all of that. It, it, it's, I mean, there's studies that have been done that by turning off the news in your life, you will have a greater outlook just because you're not being bombarded with death, horror, sickness, and all those types of things. But again, it, it's a choice I made, right? It's something that I, I still do every day, right? It's a choice that each of us has. When you wake up in the morning, you can say, I'm going to have a great day or I'm going to have a bad day. It, it's your choice. And there are people that have that woe with me mentality. And I just, that's not the way I want to live. When my feet hit the ground, I'm thankful for another opportunity and let's go see what we can accomplish. Hey, Chris, I, first of all, I love, I love the outlook of, you know, ch choosing positive messages, I think is a very powerful and overlooked thing for people to do. I'd love to talk a little bit about how you choose positivity on social media. There is a, I think there is a, a message about social media out there, especially today, that it is trafficking in, in negativism. I would love to understand kind of tactically how you do that. You know, I, I was told to watch The Social Dilemma by so many people, and I got halfway through it. And I'm like, I, I, you know what, I'm not going to watch this because I'm making my own choices. And what this show is telling me is that I, I can't. So it'd be, it'd be interesting for me to, so I wanted to shut that yeah. out. How, how do you do that? What are, what are you doing to choose positive? Social media, it all depends on how you utilize it. The algorithms, I can't speak to all the technical yeah. Yeah. algorithms behind the scenes, but if you like something negative, you're going to see something, you're mm -hmm. going to see more negative items. I cannot tell you, and this is scary because I've been doing this for probably since 2016 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I don't get any negative updates. Because all I've chosen over the last five to six years, things that I like, things that I follow are about positivity. So to me, and this is a message I talk to, uh, I've talked to often to high school students, social media, it's your social media. There will be advertisements that get, that get sent to you based on things that you choose. Guess what? I get, I, I get things like attend this positivity summit, right? Or mm -hmm. follow, follow me follow the positive mindset group. I don't get anything. This is amazing to me, but I get nothing negative in any of my feeds. Twitter's a little bit different because sometimes I just need to go to Twitter and laugh, but I, I don't, it, it's the algorithms behind the scenes that prepare me for everything I see as positive. What I, I think what I heard you say is it is the choice of the user to get involved with content. That's right. And, and I, I believe the same way. Like I'm not giving up my control to Facebook. And I, I love that message. And I think people get lost in that, that idea. The psychological thing, I think, you know, it's a internal, internal locus of control, external locus of control. You know, do you have control of your environment? Is your environment control you? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a, 
the negativity side, you know, that's kind of where the external locus of control comes in. Where you're pointing the finger at everybody. You want to blame somebody. Oh, it's horrible. Well, it's, it's always going to be bad. Oh my God. But that's negative. But if you feel like you are in control of your situation, I think that helps remove the anxiety, which is the fear of the unknown. You're taking control of your situation. You're taking control of what messages you want in your life. You know, if it's, if it's to be, it's up to me, you know, I'm in control of my destination, all that, all that stuff. So Chris, I think you're, you're, uh, you're doing a great job on that. So Chris, what, what type of like daily routine can some of our audience members do that are simple steps that they can do today and flip, start, start script. One of the things you said was five years ago, you started liking things yep. on Facebook that were positive, but what else could they do? Like, what are some others? So I'll give you what I do to start my day. And, and just, it's, this is not perfect. It's everybody's morning routine is something that they have to adapt for themselves. But I try to do these three things each morning. And some days I don't have 90 minutes. Some days I do. But I try to spend 30 minutes reading something positive, right? I try to, so it could be my, my favorite author uh, that I've been, I've read almost all of his books is a uh, John Gordon, who's written countless books on positivity. I think he's up to 22 or 23. Read for 30 minutes. It can be anything, but just read to stimulate your mind. Try to move for 30 minutes. So I'm not talking about pushing big weights. I'm not talking about um, trying to be Mr. Universe. I'm just trying to move and get my body flowing. It helps get my mind going. And then to take it just a little bit, I try to spend 30 minutes in reflection, gratitude, and or, or prayer, right? So I read a couple daily devotionals. One is more of an inspirational piece. Um, but I try to spend that time, what three things I'm grateful for every morning. And three things I'm grateful for at night, because there's an old adage that you can't be grateful and unhappy at the same time, right? If you th- just listen to that real quick, you can't be grateful and unhappy simultaneously. No matter how hard you try, it can't happen. And that's why I like to think every morning about what I'm grateful for, whether you start simply with, I'm grateful to be alive, or I'm grateful for another day. Or, you know what, I'm grateful the heat came on. It can start that simply, but there you will evolve each morning as you begin to utilize a gratitude journal into deeper, more thoughtful, meaningful things that you're, you're grateful for. So I, I would do those three things. I would, again, read in the morning when your brain is fresh. I would journal gratitude, expressions of gratitude, um, some type of inspiration or faith-based thing, whatever you need. And then again, the 30-minute movement that sometimes at that time, but it's often done later in the day as my schedule allows. Well, plus you live in Chicago, so it's ridiculously cold in the morning. So you might have to move it until the sun wakes up, right? I might have to. That's not, that doesn't guarantee warmth. It just guarantees fresh air. Yeah. I've fallen into this trap before and I hear other people talk about this too. Like, okay, 90 minutes, that sounds great. But I mean, do I have to wake up I already get up at six. I do have to wake up 90 minutes before that. Like, I feel like I don't have time. So what, what have you done in your life to, to make the time to do, cause you're making the time to do that. And like you said, you can't, it's not every day, but yep. how, how do you do that? Like you're not getting up at 4am as my guest to, to engage in that activity. What, you know, what are you doing? I started much shorter periods of time, right? So I would start with 10 minutes of reading, 10 minutes of gratitude journaling and, devotions right and what i found Mm -hmm. is that over time i needed more 
to all mm-hmm. of a sudden 10 minutes is gone and now it became 15. But mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example. So this morning I get up each morning at 630, right? I try not to hit snooze. There's friends of mine on the East Coast. They have the No Snooze podcast, right? By hitting the snooze button, you're actually setting yourself up to just keep delaying things all day long. So I try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this morning, instead of actually getting up and reading in a place that I've, I love to sit in, in our home. I jumped in a car and instead of reading, I listened. Right. And I just got out almost like I was on a commute to work where I was listening yeah. to a book that I'm in the middle of. Um, so you just have to find time to squeeze that into your schedule. And, and Jason, today I didn't get through the daily inspiration, which is two pages long. I'm going to read that mm-hmm. over my lunch break. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just have to pick and choose your spots. And sometimes it helps to have it later in the day start off with 30 minutes in the morning on one thing. And then instead of coming and listening to the sass holes on your lunch break, finding 15 minutes to do your daily inspiration over lunch and it re-energizes and refocuses you for the remainder of the day. And let's pause right yeah. there. I, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Yeah. Listen to sass holes over your lunch break and then do your positivity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I just like the fact that he said that he wouldn't do his car. I mean, this is the yeah. best things happen when you're in your car. people. Totally. Best yeah. I, you know, one thing, one thing I noticed I've done this year is I block out on my calendar. I actually put in my calendar, uh, you know, my time, 1130 to one. One, it's for this podcast now, because as Pete knows, I've missed some of the podcasts that we scheduled. But two, it also, if I can't wake up in the morning and go for an hour, you know, walk and, and do this uh, other routine I do where I'm reflective and trying to ground myself, I then use the 1130 to one time to do that. So I think especially in this remote workforce that we're in, you need to carve out time during the day because no one has any idea you're not in your office. You know, when you're in, when you guys were in the office, you could leave. Well, now you can't leave. So you've got to virtually leave. Virtually leave means block out that time on your calendar. Back to your question, Jason. Last year I challenged, so I've started reading more in the last three years than I've ever read in my life. Mm -hmm. Whatever year today is 2021. Let's just say 2018. I said, I'm going to read a book a month. It was great, right? Yeah. That was doable. So in 2019, I said, I'm going to read two books a month. Well, I flew all the time. I was in hotels. I was alone. It was easy to make that time, right? Last year, I said 12, 24, 36, right? And then COVID hit, and I don't go anywhere. And I read 22 books, but I felt like I didn't achieve a goal. It was mm. I put on myself, and yeah. I felt like, oh, I failed, right? I'm actually living this year by a motto of, you know, everybody has a word. Your word of the year is whatever. I'm actually living by less is more, right? Meaning mm-hmm. that I'm back to reading one book a month and potentially implementing the things I'm reading, right? If you can't do 30 minutes in the morning, do 10. But just by being more consistent in those things, I've found greater, Jamie talked about balance and grounding. I've found it a greater, uh, thus far, 27, 28 days in, I've become more comfortable and grounded about starting my day. So I don't need to do everything. I just need to focus on what's important. And I honestly believe less is more. Having a routine or is it about having a routine of the right things? Can I say yes to both of those? I mean, you can have a routine, but if you're not, if you're, if you can have a routine, but if you're not doing the right thing, then it doesn't work out. And who decides what the right thing is? You do, right? You can read, you know, the four hour work week, you can read 1% better you can read all these books and it may not work for you, right? But you have to be able to adopt what gives you greatest efficiencies around your life that allows you to be present for your family or be present for whatever is essential in your life, 
again, whatever that is for you, Jason, Pete, Jamie, that, that that's what you have to decide. So it is routine, but you got to do what's right. I was going to say, you got to have partners in your life. Like you co-wrote the book. I, I'm curious, who did you write the book with? How did you figure out that you wanted to do a book? How do you write a book? Because uh, we're, we're thinking about putting a, a book together that's a little bit bigger than a pamphlet. You just mentioned a very, you have to have people, right? And we talk a lot about accountability partners, right? Who's holding you accountable for the actions that you take, whether that's work, spouse, kids, whatever you need to be, you can't do everything on your own, right? You can try, but it's easier to work out when you know, Jason's working out this morning and I got to report back to him. That's the, that's the theory, right? But accountability partners have been extremely important. And I've got, I've had two over the last year. One is the, the gentleman I, that we wrote the book together. And another, his name's Christopher Worth. And I'll tell you a little bit about him in a second. And he's in Greenwich, Connecticut. And uh, Jeff Forrester, a friend of mine who lives in Orlando, we check in on a weekly basis just to make sure we're following through on what we said we were going to do. Because that's what accountability is, right? Long story longer. So I've never met Christopher J. Worth, who I co-authored the book with. We met through our desire for to have a more positive outlook on the world. We had one connection. It was a basketball coach that we both knew. And he asked me how I knew Dave Hopla. And I asked him how I knew Dave Hopla. And the next week we were on the phone. That was about October of 19. So we connected every week, multiple times. And once COVID hit, Chris actually came to me and said, we're going to write a book. And I, this was my response. We're going to do what? And I said, what's it about? And we started formulating the idea. Chris had an idea of where he wanted to take it, where he wanted to go with it. We incorporated some of the, Jamie talked about positivity notes. That was something that Chris had done in his business called No Quit Living. And we've passed out, I've, I've participated, but he's passed out over 11,000 positivity notes over the last three years around every state in the United States and, and about 11 foreign countries. So he's been pushing positivity, but the book came to be, it's a, it's a fable, three students in a high school setting going through difficult times, divorce, bullying, and getting cut from an athletic team, Right. And how those three students bonded together to create a more positive environment, aka it becomes a positivity tribe. And then they, be, they become, uh, their high school has a greater sense of pride and positivity, and then it goes into the community. And it's very much a, it hits home with a lot of people because it's, mm-hmm. it's a quick read. It's less than 100 pages. It's a story versus here's how you do things, right? And then the, the third piece is there's actually, you can, you can create your own positivity notes. We will send you positivity notes to do this. But we went back and forth for months uh, between April 1st and August 17th when the book came out, uh, putting this book together. Chris would Chris did a, a bulk of the writing. I would come in and edit and review and make suggestions or add context. Then he'd take another run at it. Chris is a workhorse. He works around the clock. But we were able to put this out uh, in August in a hardback version. And now you can find it. Yeah, Amazon, ebook, Kindle, you name it. It comes out in paper book on February 2nd. But how do you write a book? You just have to sit down and come up with a concept and just start writing. That's what everybody always says, just start writing. And that helps if you've been journaling, right? You get ideas written down, opens up your mind. And that, that's how it came to pass. It makes it sound really easy. It wasn't that easy. Lots of late nights, lots of early mornings, and uh, lots of discussion around color of the color of the cover and the name of the book and all those types of things. But I mean, again, we wanted something, this book is great for all ages. We've seen a really strong response from educators in the middle school and high school age 
where positivity needs to be pushed with, with young adults and young students mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. that negativity that they get bombarded with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard from 82-year-old grandparents that said this book reminded me that one simple act of kindness can make an impact on somebody's day. I think that's a good good part right there to hone in on your gratitude stuff that you do. I, I firmly believe in randomly sending thanks to certain people. Yeah. Um, do you recommend that type of behavior? Because I feel like brightening up somebody's day is going to help you. If you're able to give rather than receive, it's always going to, it's in a way that sort of helps your soul. Um, so I give thanks. I, I randomly try to give thanks to certain people. Like, thank you for just, that should be something that you should, you know, incorporate into your positivity. Correct. So let me ask this question to each of you. When was the last time you got a piece of actual mail that was, we just came out of the holidays. So you probably got a lot of holiday cards, right? But not many this year. Okay. There weren't any pictures to take because nobody went anywhere. So yeah, no one went anywhere. They couldn't couldn't show off their abundant lifestyle. Right. Um, But I get excited when I get a piece of mail, right? I get, and what I mean by that is I'll get a note from somebody who read the book, right. That I know. And they'll, they'll actually send me a hard, hard piece of mail. And it's just like, Chris, you have no idea how this impacted me today. And it's actually caused me to become more active in that area. And Buzz Williams, your boy, Jamie, um, head coach at Texas A&M now, I believe, he, uh, <laughs> he writes 100 people every week. He's a little bit off, but yes, that, that's crazy. I'm just saying, so the impact that that has, he's been writing certain people a note every week for the last 25 years, mm-hmm. right? So my point in bringing that up is if he can find time to do that, it is a little crazy. There's always the extremes, right? But can you find, and I haven't done this yet, but could I find five minutes in the morning to write a note to Pete Jansen, thanking him for allowing me to be on this podcast and allowing me to talk about the positivity tribe. Absolutely. I could do that, but I'll probably do it via text message or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you, yeah, I, would, I would say start with the easiest and then maybe move to the written. That's right. It's, send the email and the text then fine. Don't, don't, I think that goes with goal setting, right? Don't, don't say, Hey, I'm going to send 10 written notes a month and you've never written a written note in 10 years. Right. Just say, I'm going to send 10 people positive messages. And if your goal is to eventually turn it into notes, then slowly build to that. I think the same with some of the things you're saying in the morning. If you haven't done any of this stuff, yeah. and instead of going five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, or 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and saying to yourself, I'm going to do this every day. I, going from zero to every day of the week is just uh, unfathomable. You've got to sit there. Yeah. Put something in there and, and then also don't be down. Put a put a goal out there. I'm gonna do it five days out of the week. And if you hit four, that doesn't mean you don't stop because you didn't hit your goal. Just go for five the next week. You know, just right. try not to don't try to be perfect. That's that's actually being negative. Well, and that that's one thing that I didn't say earlier, but like I told you, I haven't done my morning routine, if you will, today. I haven't fin- finished it. Well, I'm the only one holding myself to that morning routine, right? If I have to do it at different points throughout the day because I needed more sleep or I had to do, I had to shovel snow yesterday for an hour to try to get out of the house, right? You have to be, 
you can't be perfect in all aspects. Perfection can often just set you back because you're like, oh, I'm not perfect at this. I'm just going to stop doing it, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I will say this about writing, and this was an interesting article. I don't know where it came. Ink, ink came out with it yesterday, but research has shown that writing just three sentences each day can massively boost your productivity and happiness. It can't be like Jane C's dog, right? But if, if you write and just let your thoughts out, it's going to assist you in becoming a better writer, a better thinker, and being more productive. So it's just to your point, Jamie, just start small, right? Don't go run a marathon tomorrow, train for it for the next year or whatever, but bite-sized chunk it and you'll find your sweet spot. Uh, I love that. I love that advice. It's, it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why I try to write a little, like a short little review of, of the books that I read. You know, obviously you, you're, you're taking an action on something. You have a reaction to it. It's a nice way for me to synthesize my reaction to something that I read I happen to think it's fun and to get, you know, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> but, but I like it. And so therefore it makes me move on to other things. Cause I know that I've, I've got that under my belt. And then uh, Chris, I wanted to mention two other things. One is I think it's great that you met through a mutual acquaintance who happened to be a basketball coach. Cause he used the phrase, pick your spots. And before you said that you knew a basketball coach and I'm like, Oh, this, this guy is into basketball. So I thought that was funny that you, that you said that. I appreciate that. I think um, coaching basketball is a, is a really interesting profession and carries with it a lot of life lessons. And Chris, um, and the other thing, was a basketball coach in college. And the other thing it reminds me of, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Doug Conant, but he was the, the CEO of Campbell soup. He's famous for writing over 30,000 handwritten notes to to colleagues at Campbell's and and he tells a a similar story in terms of just the change that it had in him and the change that it had in the business because people felt cared for and it was a safe place to to express themselves that was just a really the things you're talking about are incredibly powerful I I have heard that story about about Doug Cohn before it's an amazing story right yeah and there, there are still CEOs of major organizations who write every employee a handwritten birthday note, right? Mm-hmm. Which is insane just to think about taking that amount of time. Um, <laughs> but one, one of the things that I keep, I keep coming back to is I work for an organization that has a very positive mission-driven outlook, right? We're, we're a publicly traded organization. It, it all starts at the top, right? Yeah. And it starts with the setting of the tone. It starts with don't use words like I or me, use us and we little things, but it's also making sure that you hire the right people. I mean, I've got a team of, I manage a team of 11 right now. It's the smallest team I've had in in some time. When I interview people, like, do they smile during the interview, right? Does their what, does their, Simon Sinek talks about the why, does their why or their what, does it line up with the mission of our organization? Are there questions? What are their questions like that they ask in an interview? Are they wanting to know about vacation time? or they want to know about something that can help them be productive in the business. Work, work is hard, right? Life is hard. But that po- if you can identify people with a positive or a growth mindset, you're going to win most of the battles in the workforce than if you find somebody that's fixed mindset and negative. Wouldn't you say it's easier to just be negative? It's, the, it's all, yeah, that's because that's what society does, right? Yeah. I mean, look, just so go to social media. We're having a huge flare. I live in Libertyville. 
and we're back in school hybrid wise, but people are on social media, just blasting the school district and my one room and blasting each other. Right. And I'm like, yeah, the reminder I want to give them is that, Hey guys, when this COVID thing's over, we're all going to see each other. This is a small town. So you can't throw shade at everybody and expect to be well-received when we come out of this, but people, they hide behind that. And yet it is easier to be negative. Your life becomes miserable at that point, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I struggle right now because as Chris, as you probably know, I, I, I don't try to throw shade, but I try to make fun of basically myself and anybody and everything just to have fun. And I'm so scared right now of some of the stuff that I could say, because I feel like there's so much humor out there that I just want to have fun with it. And I'm fearful of the response that I would get. Yeah. I mean, humor is a humor is a humor can be negative. Humor can be positive. Here, let's be funny, Carney. You can't be grateful and unhappy at the same time. How many grateful teenagers do you know? Uh, yeah, none. I know none. <laughs> that's why they're but, so but, damn unhappy. But Pete, whose fault is that? That's that, uh, that, I think that's the society that we live in. Yeah. I, I think the problem with social media is everyone posts on social media hold, hold the on. best of everything that they want to brag. But take social media off the table. Yeah. Right? It's when people complain about millennials, right? I'm like, it's your fault. You're the one that raised them. It's your fault that they had a had a snowplow clearing a path for them so they could have a happy and non-hurtful life. And now they can't produce. That's your fault, not their fault. Well, right? and I also think like when people complain about millennials, I think of it as sort of complaining about generations. Yeah. I mean, every generation is complaining about a younger generation for some reason or another. And it's yeah. just like, why we're doing that, I don't know, but I don't think it is because of one generation or another. It is just your your mindset. And so, when one of the things I love working in in a diverse environment from an age perspective is I just it's just more fun. Like yeah. <laughs> people have different yeah. points of view, and that's what makes it more fun. Uh, certainly, diversity from a racial perspective as well. But you brought up the the generational. Like I don't I don't care about that at all. Like, this is about what we're going to contribute to each other and, and to the business. I actually enjoy that, Jason. Because then you're getting different perspectives and you can yeah. have, like, very fun. And as long as it, as long as that yeah, you can have good conversations. Removed, you can have great conversations where you're trying to change their opinion, they're trying to change yours. And at the end, maybe you both have a slightly different opinion. I, I think, yeah. Chris, one thing you said was it is the parents' fault, you know, the millennials and stuff like that. So let's so let's be Jamie. Split. I meant it was your fault, not all parents. It's my fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just Jamie's fault. <laughs> Good the, point. Good clarification. Point, Thanks, Chris. I want to I want to be specific here. Is positivity tribe does and the positivity mindset does not mean everyone should get a participation trophy. There, right? There's there's realism, and then there's a way to look at beat this person in this game is not negative. It just means I got to work harder, right? I mean, the positivity, the participation trophy type of mentality is what I feel like may have paved the whining and complaining of the millennials generation. I, I think, so a positive mindset is doesn't mean, and John Gordon says, I'll paraphrase it, but the author John Gordon said, being positive doesn't mean you ignore reality, Yeah. right? It means that you maintain hope, optimism, and faith in order to create a better reality. Right. 
I know that when I walk out my front door, it's not rainbows and unicorns. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also know that I've already overcome my worst days. Right. I've already, anything that's been awful in my life that I've, I've survived it. Like that's fantastic. It's a mindset that allows you. Yeah. If you, if you happen to lose at a sporting event or at a competition or whatever it is, you just got to work that much harder. Right. The whole, that whole, we could do a podcast on participation trophies. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I, I'm not sure it's positive or negative. I just think it is at this point being positive. The generational, the ge- generational uh, thing. I think we're, what's going on is each generation has worked to make their lives better for their kids. My kids are not going to have it as rough as I, you know, so you had that motivation. And when you make the life better for your kids, you make them softer than what you were, you know, and you're passing that on down the line. I think that plays a, a lot into it. You know, part of it is you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be rough and you also have to make it easy at the same time. How the hell do you do that? I don't know. Read the positivity tribe. That's what you do, Carney. <laughs> yeah, you should read the positivity tribe. So you can get that on Amazon. It's good. Cause you know, we are coming up to our, 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 our time. I know Chris gave you about an hour. And, and so we're coming around that time of when this podcast started. So I think that's a great way to end it. Positivity tribe is is something that you can go out and buy on Amazon and any place. And uh, Chris, you said February second, it's coming out in paperback. It, it's coming out in paperback. Yeah, we're trying paperback. to meet every, meet everybody where they are. We wanted to memorialize it with a hardback, which we've accomplished. We've we sold it in forty five plus states in the six or seven foreign countries, which is really cool. But we also know that a paperback can drive the price down and get the word out because ultimately. This is not about us making big money. This is about us creating a better, more positive world, one person at a time. You got to do the audible book, man. That voice, you'll kill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. When I talk to elementary school and middle school students, the voice kind of scares them. So <laughs> I, uh, the, the guy that did the audible book was really good. <laughs> you know, there's a guy I also follow on uh, LinkedIn, Michael Ray. He's Smile Project Louisville. I don't know if you know him. But one of the things, and I feel like this aligns with what you're saying, is he reaches out and he always says, what's going to leave a mark with somebody is not what you give them or or what you like give them monetarily material or anything like that. It's how you impact their day and how you put a smile on their face. And I feel like, Chris, you guys are cut from the same cloth almost when I hear that mentality in your positivity tribe. So, Chris, is there any, anything you want to leave the sassholes with as like sort of something to think of uh, to, to remain positive in 2021? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I think the, 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 the most impactful thing I can say is, I think, Pete, you mentioned locus of control earlier, right? And it's, it's control the controllables in your life. You can control what you control what you feed yourself with food. You control what you feed your mind, right? But if you can't do that, you can't control the controllables, you're going to have a tough time changing your mindset, right? So that locus of control, if you can't control it, don't worry about it. That creates anxiety, fear, and worry. And like my dad used to say, 85% of the stuff I worried about never happened anyways. Control the controllables, wake up each morning with a grateful attitude that you've got another day to make an impact on somebody's life. Throughout the course of your day, ask yourself the question, if I choose a positive mindset, what's it, how's it going to impact me? If I choose a negative mindset, how's it going to impact me? And then obviously read the positivity tribe. Yeah, 
Read the positive and true. Most important. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Great catching up with you. Thank you. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was was actually fun. I didn't know about going into the sass holes if it was going to be fun or not. I had a blast. (laughs) (laughs) We tend to bring everyone's mode, you know. Well, it was definitely a test of your book. Yeah. All right. Well, we will end and and the, just the sassholes catching up for a little bit, talking about how uh, the news is going on out there in the world. I know we got a lot to talk about. So stay in touch. And Chris, uh, thank you again. You're most welcome. Thank you. All right, Cue the guys. music, Cardi. Take care. Right, take care. Look, look. If you guys can't tell, Chris has a voice uh, that is really good for TV and radio. Yeah, it's a healthy radio voice. Good job, Chris. That's that's putting it. Well, I usually like my face for radio. God, you beat me to it. (laughs) I didn't want to. I didn't want to insult him. Believe me, I insult Chris a lot, but I didn't want to insult one of everybody else. I thought this was. This is a roast of Chris Wilberton. Pay full price, but you only need the edge of your seat, right? And Mother's Day mud bog. Okay. Flush the toilet. Let's go. All right. Glad we're recording already. Holy smokes. A whole new mess Wi-Fi coming today. Um, so. Jamie, but I was also in my car last week, so I'm not sure that yeah. could have contributed to the... Your car Wi-Fi is better than my house Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, a lot of the user questions were, was Jason sitting in the car seat? I have I have to sit in the car seat. I'm not a big guy, so I have to I still have to sit in the car seat. Alright, ready? On, Let's get this going. Go. Welcome to Sassholes the Podcast, a podcast where me, Jamie Carney, Pete, say hey. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And Jason, talk about our years of experience. In Wait, isn't Jason going to say hi? Uh, yes, I was going to say, Jason, say hey. Hey. So well uh, we talk about software as a service. Hence, we're called the Sassholes. We're going to talk about ah. <laughs> finance, sales ops to sales. Like how I added the marketing in there, right? Yeah, my favorite part was when your Wi-Fi dropped. But, you know. Oh, my gosh. This, this Dead it? Air has been sponsored by right, we'll redo it Wi-Fi. We'll redo it real quick. Once Jamie, once Carney comes back, I'll be glad. To. I'm here. Am I not here? Can you guys not hear me? Maybe we just weren't listening, Jamie. I don't know. The editing of this podcast is going to be astonishingly awesome. It's a, it's <laughs> a, I can't believe my Wi-Fi is that bad. Peace out. Perfect. All right. Is my I just prioritized my computer. Is that getting any better? Oh yeah, that'll do it. I don't go ahead. Yeah. Ask the question. What, hey, nice, nice Wi-Fi, Carney. You suck. 